friends, welcome to May I Speak to Pizza, the podcast where we watch romantic comedies and then give them way more credit than they deserve by analyzing them for an hour and a half. It's a very apt description. It, it really is. Like, I'm very surprised by how much we can talk about these movies. Uh, my name is Natalie Levy Costa, and I am one of your hosts. You can follow me at NRLSEE on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Jen Schaefer. You can follow me at Yo It's Jen on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm Alba Towers, and you can follow me at Alba Towers on Instagram and Twitter. Hello, friends. Hey, everyone. We're back. Hello. Welcome. We hope that you're well. Yes. Yes, indeed. On this happy uh, pre-Friday. Actually, no shit. It's Wednesday. God. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> this is why I'm drinking wine. <laughs> I mean, it's a oh, pre, pre-weekend, you know. Tomorrow's Thursday. Right. We're getting the there. Day. I work from home tomorrow, so. Uh, yeah, that. Ooh, me too. Yes. I hate you guys. I don't. Well, but that is I, awesome. I still have to, like do a lot of work. Yeah, I still do work. I'm still pretty busy. <gasps> oh, but. no, I, yeah, definitely. I just wish I had. It'd be nice to do that more often. Hang out with my pets. As they that, make it, as they make it impossible for me to work. Because anytime you have the computer open, my cat will just jump on top of it. Wait, really? Or like use a corner to like scratch herself of her laptop. Oh, my laptop, not, Yeah. Well, it's hers. Let's be real. Come yeah. On. When I open it, Everything it's Everything in your house is hers. <laughs> yeah. We bought a new rug and it's just sitting in the corner of the room because I need to lift the bed to like put it underneath and it's a whole ordeal. And she's just made it her home. She goes like inside <laughs> the folds and sleeps there. So it's like, okay, well, it's your rug now. <laughs> I hope you like it. Um, so I should apologize because for whatever reason, my computer that I'm recording on recently has decided like that only when we're recording, the fan is going to be super loud. So if there's a little bit of feedback this episode, don't know what to tell you. I'll have to figure it out later. Um, tonight, I'm drinking a Tanqueray Martini. Oh, Ooh, very nice. Um, it's fine. What, what does it have? It's pink. Yeah, so we in the Levy Costa household prefer Clamata olives. Oh. So I use the weird pink oh, olive juice okay. in the Clamata olive jar rather than like regular olive juice. And it always comes out this beautiful pink color, which makes me kind of wish that I was drinking Cosmos. But, you know, that's a story for another time. Indeed. Yeah. I think you're better off with just the, the regular martini. Less sugar. Tonight I'm drinking wine. <laughs> I'm drinking 19 Crimes. It's very delicious. It's from South Africa. Nice. I'm uh, also I, drinking wine. Yeah. I think it's Isn't the it? one that you brought last time you were here. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, is it the Josh wine? I think so. I think it's, it's like cheap, but also good enough. Yeah. It's. I mean, it has been open for a while, which I'm always like, I shouldn't be drinking yeah. this, but it, if it tastes okay, then. That was my whole thing. Is like, it's like, this one's been open since like over a week ago. And like, if I don't drink it, it's going to go bad. So, and I need it. So here we are. I, I always feel weird drinking wines that are named the names of people, like <laughs> Josh Wine or like Robert Mondavi. Because I there's something about that where like I don't eat food that is named after people because that would be extremely weird. So I don't understand why when I drink wine, people are like, oh, this is Jacob 
Smith. Like, isn't it great? I'm like, no, dog. Just <laughs> tell me, like, Francis is Ford it Coppola. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't like that. It yeah. freaks me out. You're like, this isn't mine. I shouldn't have this. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it has it's like someone else's for name. someone else. Yeah. Like, Rules of kindergarten taught me one thing. <laughs> it doesn't have your name on it. Not yours. <laughs> so this week we watched My Best Friend's Wedding. I keep wanting to say Runaway Bride because I when too, I think of... I think this one's maybe a little better than... I'd gotten some scenes confused with the two movies because they both have Julia Roberts and they're both like early 90s movies, but... I got to say, I think I prefer this one. So this is another one that I had never seen. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, that's crazy because this is like one of the Julie Roberts classics. It was bananas. Was this a popular movie? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I I watched – I tried to find this everywhere until I finally went to my TV and asked it to play it for me and it's so – we live in the future, so it basically showed me like, oh no, you have this for free. But me before too. that, I found it online, and it has like incredible reviews from forever. Like everybody loves this movie. Um, they love this movie. Yeah. So I've got, I've got some adults. things to say, but before we get into the movie, I have a couple things I want to bring up about Thirteen Going on Thirty. Yes. Um, just kind of a recap from our last episode. Yes. So first things first, uh, your girl just watched Ragnarok. So I got me a little bit of Mark Ruffalo. A lot of too much CGI Mark Ruffalo is the Hulk, which, like, I don't care for. Yeah. Um, But he still got it. That's really the point I wanted to make is, like, he looks a little older and, you know, a little more chiseled and got a little more meat on his bones. But I'm okay with that. He still looks really good. (laughs) We're we're ready for the Ruffalo at all times. Yes. Always. Um, Second thing. So in the 13 going on 30 vibe – from the time that we recorded that episode to now, I have seen four different Instagram posts hashtagged 30 flirty and thriving. Yes. <gasps> yes. Because yes, like it's, our friends are, yeah, our, one of our good 30. friends turned 30. <laughs> and that was and her I hashtag. That and I, yes. And I was like, yeah, okay, it lives. <laughs> so it's still prevalent. Uh, people still remember the movie. That is catchy enough that it's a hashtag because hashtags were not a thing in 2004 so viva la 13 going on 30 i suppose <laughs> viva la jennifer garner and mm-hmm. viva la young jennifer garner yeah because yeah. that girl i feel like she has a career now yeah she's mm. gonna be well she's gonna be in the next like lena dunham show for hbo oh cool so that that should be cool i hope it's good She's done some things, but I got to be honest and say that the thing that I remember her for the most right now is just Capital One commercials, especially the ones (laughs) with her dad, because they're really cute. (laughs) Very sweet. I'm all all for it. I'm I'm firmly in favor. Do we have any shout outs? Anything else? Like any housekeeping business that we need to take care of? Um, Happy Pride Month. Just want to say that. Yeah. Happy, happy June. Happy Pride Month. I feel like it's a thing that we should say. Um, I've not been to a Pride celebration, but I'd like to go. So I'm going to hit up some friends and see if they know anything about this because I don't know anything about nightlife anymore, which is sad. But, you know. I mean, hashtag 30, flirty, and thriving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> On the couch. Um, actually, we went to the Pride Parade here in D.C., and it was 
awesome. It was like next level. And then I took my camera because I was like, I'm going to take all these amazing pictures, of these really beautiful queer people. And like, it's going to be a celebration of life. And then my camera died like <laughs> oh, 10 no. minutes into the parade. And I was like, well, you're trash. This is trash. Life is trash. I'm going to go get another beer. Um but it, it, it was super fun. I feel like D.C. does not get enough credit for its pride scene because ultimately, like, the city of D.C. is all, like, really beautiful liberal women and conservative closet cases. But <laughs> we had an amazing parade. It was gorgeous. It was, like, a gorgeous day outside. I loved it. I would like to go to more pride celebrations without taking up space as a cisgender straight woman. <laughs> <laughs> Live your truth, Natalie. Live your truth. My truth is that if I hadn't found my husband so young in life, I would have been so happy to just be someone's hag, like, forever. <laughs> Same. That was that was definitely, like, a consideration at some point. Like, listen, if, if you have, like, other inclinations, but, like, you can support me, you know, you get to a point where you're like, oh, man, you know. Which brings us to this movie, all right? Like, yeah, we're going to segue right into this. All right. So my, my best friend's okay. wedding. Let's talk about the premise of this movie. This movie came out in 1997. It stars Julia Roberts and Dermot Mulroney. Is who, that how you say it? Because I never say his name out loud. Oh, well, I said it out loud. I just went for it. Yeah. I may have pronounced the last name wrong. Uh, I'm sorry. If you're but listening. Yeah, if you're listening, call us, Dermot, please. <laughs> please give me a call. Because he still looks amazing. I, yeah, I'm He's sure he a, does. Like, dime. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Oh, so, my God. This movie – so I have to give my, my backstory of this movie because this movie was huge because I remember when it came out in Venezuela – when I was oh. living there as a child. And my mother went to the movies with her sisters to see it and didn't take me. And at <gasps> the time, I didn't understand, like, she is your mother. She needs a night out with her sisters and they're going to the movies. And I was so <laughs> upset and I stayed up, like, waiting for her. And to this day, like, I resent the fact that it especially because like my love of romantic comedies comes from my mom. The fact that we didn't see this together was like a betrayal. So, yeah, this is one of, like, I rewatched it for the podcast because that's star subscription, yeah, Jen. That's – yeah. I also right. asked my TV. I was like, hey, is this movie for free? Yes, please. Um, I, I, yeah. So I rewatched it, but I actually watched this movie, like, every few months. Like, whenever it's just available. What? Like, whenever it's just on, like, I love this movie. And I feel like what it's recurring. What is it's happening? <laughs> I don't understand. I thought I knew I, you guys. I know. I know. It's the truth on? is out. My best friend's wedding is one of my favorite movies. Like I, no, Alba, stop. okay. The only time I remember actually watching this movie through was I was probably like nine or ten when, like, around the time that I finally, because this was already like in homes outside of theaters when I watched it for the first time. I was at my neighbor slash best friend's house um, when. She played it at her house because her mom was definitely way more liberal with, like, the movies we could watch there <laughs> versus, like, what my mom let us watch. So um, I watched this movie, and I loved this movie. And I think at some point – and it's either this movie or a different Julia Roberts movie, but I picked up the word virginity – and I didn't understand what it meant. <laughs> and what I did is I said to my friend and her mother, thinking like the word virginity meant patience. The sentence I said is, I'm losing my virginity here. And I just... 
And that's exactly the reaction that I received because I said something without knowing what it meant. And so that's like the the memory that is like, you know, scorched in my brain and the shame, you know, of like using a word incorrectly. So, you know, there was no such thing as like iPhone lookups at the time and, you know, the, the humble 90s. But um, but yeah, this is um, I had not seen it since then. So rewatching it, I have a lot of feelings about it, especially just like where I am at now versus how I may have perceived it at that time. Um, yeah. So yeah, the meaning, the meaning of this movie definitely changes. And oh, like, for sure. especially like I realized, like, of course, my mom, I was nine years old when this movie came out. Of course, she was not going to take me like I saw it once it was like, out like on just TV. <laughs> but I still just like I'm like, how because going to the movies was our thing. And she went without yeah. me. Well, Weird. listeners, yeah, so y'all are gonna have a real roller coaster yeah, ride I, to contend that, with. That was today. my hot take. Yeah, at the top of the episode, just <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. My disgust for the <laughs> characters in this movie. The, like at some point, I paused it, and Mike and his cousin were sitting in our living room playing video games while I watched the movie. And I paused it, and I walked out, and I said. <laughs> Julia Roberts is America's sweetheart, and whoever made this movie has ruined her. <laughs> That's a fair statement. I yeah yeah. So well, let's let let, let me yeah. just read what the like I guess synopsis on IMDb oh, yeah. of this movie what is. is. This also, movie <laughs> she has beautiful red curls in every picture for this movie, and so like I get it. She's like this beautiful psychopath, but like that doesn't change the fact that she's fucking crazy yeah. in this Agreed. movie. Yes. Um, yes. Okay, so the synopsis is, when a woman's longtime friend reveals he's engaged, she realizes she loves him herself and sets out to get him with only days before the wedding. <gasps> okay, so I let's, let's have let's, issues with that. <laughs> no, there's a lot of issues with this movie. Let's start with how this movie opens, because this is like, this is what kind of like, the whole opening scene for this movie is um, hoping, bananas, wishing thinking and praying is like the song and it's women. It's a woman in a wedding dress with her bridesmaids, just like singing this song that is literally about like hoping, wishing, dreaming and praying that like you can make this man yours. And I almost feel it was like a little satirical just because it was because of who Julia Roberts is in this movie and like the way that she kind of like looks at romance and everything. So I don't know. It was just kind of weird. And it sort of like set me up. It triggered me. I was like, Women don't have to wish, hope, think, and pray. <laughs> we can get a man on our own. We don't have to do any of those things. They should wish and hope and think and pray. But yeah, anyway. My notes. Well, that bride also had, like, straight-up crazy eyes. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, she looks like the... She was dead inside, the, for sure. Like, the, the real, like, the real-life runaway bride. Yeah. No, my, my notes on, like, my first note is that this intro is iconic because I just always remember it. And then right <laughs> below that, it's just like, but don't listen to the lyrics of the song. Yeah. Like, it's a, I love that song, but just don't listen to the lyrics because it's no. extremely problematic. As an unmarried woman, that is not okay with me. Yeah, no. You don't need that. <laughs> I don't like it. Leave well, me alone. <laughs> I guess coming off of, like, the heels of 13 going on 30, I saw that opening, and I kept waiting for, like, someone to say, like, cut, or for, like, someone to take a picture, <laughs> and for this to be, like relevant to the plot in some way but they just do this extended intro where like some very crazy shit goes on and then it never comes up again no 
Like, ever. they never bring it back. <laughs> it's just, this is what it is. It's a whole music video before the movie. Yeah. Unrelated to the movie, really. Because um, then you meet Julia Roberts and you're like, oh, whoa, hold on. Julia Roberts is kind of like a badass. People and are intimidated of her. Another movie that makes me feel extremely old. She is 27 in the movie. And she's talking about like a pact that she made when she was young. To, At like, Brown in college. <laughs> yeah. I wish that you guys could see the severe eye rolling that I did. <laughs> yeah, no, it, when... there's been a lot of eye rolls coming from Natalie. I just keep, anytime I just say something she's just like drags me with her eyes no, 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 no. I'm, 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 I'm not dragging you alba i'm dragging the fact that like so this movie wants us to buy so okay let, let's think about this for a minute when did um what's that other movie pretty woman come out like 1989 1990 yeah yeah i think it was in pretty woman i would have guessed that she was what 25 Mm-hmm. I would agree so with that. They want me to buy that Julia Roberts in 1997, and God bless her, maybe she was 27 in 1997. Who am I to judge? They want me to buy that she's an established food critic in a in a large city with evidently a very illustrious career behind her because she shits all over her friend's career later, who is also a writer. Mm-hmm. At the age of 28, I was like, girl, you can get the, like, straight up out the door. You can just walk right out. I'm not having any of this. She was 30 when she filmed this Yeah, film. She, she was just did the math. <laughs> yeah, she was 23 uh, when Pretty Woman, uh, Pretty Woman came out. Um, not Pretty and Pink. In 90, 1990. Okay, so I think it's fair because I'm going to be 30 and I'm still going to tell people I'm 27, so... <laughs> you know, I feel like it's okay. I'll give her a pass. I'll give her a pass. I mean, although I does she just because I think that we know her now, I feel like it's hard to believe that at that time she was so young. I mean, she just looks the same. Yeah, I, I think she looks, she looks yeah. exactly the same as she does <laughs> the, today. The fashion in this movie is not doing her any favors. Like no. except for like well, all of those belly. Yeah, shirts. she did wear a lot of midriff bearing shirts. <laughs> Yeah, no, I guess because I think of her as like America's sweetheart. I didn't realize like Jesus Christ, Julia Roberts was really sexy and yeah. continues to be very sexy. Her hair is amazing in this movie. Like yeah. her hair is a character in the film, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie's just looking off like mm. no, 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 no. <laughs> it, it 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 is because um between like I feel like they had to put her in kind of skimpy tops with that beautiful red hair because otherwise like. She would have just been a straight up monster. Right. Yeah. And like they have to keep making the point that she's from New York. And that's why like she dresses in mute tones and wears suits. I think that for this movie, I made a note when I was watching her in the airport with all the people around her. I wrote down basically like it's interesting that everything that was fashionable in 1997 is now currently fashionable again. It's all coming back. It's like coming back. The whole pantsuit thing that she yeah. wears, you know, like, oh yeah, no. She she was very stylish. Um, yeah. Like, I think so, it's coming back, but like, things are well fitted now. Yeah. Like, it's a little bit better like, tailored. I love, and, like, I love her wardrobe in this movie because it's just that's what I want to dress like, but like, the suit has to fit. I think. But the shirts with the high-waisted pants. At some point, though, she has, like, two pairs of sunglasses. 
Oh my god. Did you guys notice that? Like, I, this is skipping to like the end of the movie and like the climax. Yeah. But she has, like, I was so concerned because she ends up leaving them in the gazebo. Both no. pairs. Yes. Those are gone. Like, what Forever. happened so to those cute. tiny sunglasses? They're gone. But yeah, I do remember that she was wearing some on her face and then had some hay on her yeah, shirt. Yeah, and then she would like hold one and then wear one. Like it was it was great. Yeah. All right. So we meet her in a restaurant where she's talking to her editor, who is also her one of her really close friends. And she starts talking about like her perception of relationships. And he's like, oh, like, why do I even bother trying to hook you up with people? You don't even care. You become disinterested. And then she brings up um, – Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> Hottie. You had not the met him yet, show. but she starts talking about him and she talks about how like, you know, well, I am going to turn 28 soon and we made ourselves this promise while we were together in college. We had a crazy heavy month where we were together. Also, just just as like a question to the world, <laughs> if you have one heavy month with someone in college... That does not mean that you become best friends and you pine after each other for the rest of your lives. I, th- I think I had a problem with like just the way that they depicted male-female relationships and then the way that male-female relationships um, played themselves out on screen. That being said, Rupert Everett as the gay best friend – I was very into. Yeah. Sorry, continue, Jen. I'm going to go ahead and say he's my favorite person in this movie. Yes. He period. needs to, I need like a spinoff movie. Yes. I need yes. to know what happens in his life. I, I in need to know what he does. Yeah. No, just everything. Like everything about him. I wrote down so many times while I watched this movie, like he is the best. He is not only like the funniest He's handsome. He's charming. He speaks the truth. He says it to her yes. face. And he's, like, such a supportive and wonderful friend. I, I love him. Like, honestly, yeah, like, if this movie is great, it's because friends yeah, like him exist. Definitely. We all need a George in our lives to keep us real. What, what I really wanted to see was, like, a spinoff with, like, George, the amazing best friend, and the two – Cameron Diaz's two slutty cousins – who, by the way, that was a huge problem. <laughs> I, I I am not calling them slutty cousins. I have no proof or reason to slut shame them. That is how they were referred to throughout this movie. By and also how they were referred to themselves. No, they did it to themselves also. Like, however it is that Cameron Diaz, like, explains it to Julia Roberts, like, on their way to meet her family, she's like... They're vengeful sluts. Exactly. <laughs> That's, so I want that's those three phrase. characters to go on a road trip together. Yeah. And then, like, just watch that movie instead of this one. Yep. <laughs> no, I'll still watch this movie. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'll not still watch lie. it. I feel like this is one of those movies where, like, people do terrible things, but you're so engrossed that you, like, have to watch. You cannot turn away. You must know. And also because Julia Roberts is, like, such a charismatic character that you, like, have to see her redeem herself, which, like, mm. Yeah, and Cameron Diaz is also great in this movie. Yeah, you know what? I feel like this is probably one of the first movies that Cameron Diaz did. Like, she was really young in this movie, and she looks great, obviously, always. And she's also, Um, like, really, like, her character is, like, 20 years old. Yeah, but Which, she played like, a really genuine twenty-year-old. Yeah, like I, she hit that. Yeah. on the head. I liked. I liked how she played that because she was like sweet Y'all. but naive <laughs> and frustrating and dumb. Oh, I'm just seeing Natalie's eyes get bigger and tell bigger. Us, tell us, Natalie. <laughs> this is some next level shit right here. Is this for real? 
She's 20 years old. She's going to marry a 28-year-old. You guys, I was 28 one year and a half ago. And let me tell you, well, I guess it was two years ago. And let me tell you, <laughs> if I, I get into conversations with 20-year-olds, I have a 20-year-old sister. And I'm like, fucking kill me. Like, <laughs> no. You can't marry a 20-year-old when you're 28. Are you crazy? And then he wants her to give up school. And she's just like, cool. My husband is more important to me. I'm going to not be an architect, well, which is hard. <laughs> no, I actually, on that point, I 100,000% agree with you. That was stupid. And, like, what I do feel, like, in the small few redeeming things that Julia Roberts does do in this movie, she does call her out on that. And she does say, like, oh, so you're just going to give up, like, your whole life for and this she, guy. Yeah, and she doesn't want to. Like, you can see that yeah. she's like, well, she's like, well, no. Yeah. And, like, she she comes from a wealthy family and, like, nevertheless – um. She is still interested in pursuing her own career and her own future, but for the sake of this marriage, she is going to just give it up because she's too scared to speak up to what she wants, which I feel like is really genuine to a 20-year-old person because I think as a woman, when you're still that young, it's um, easy to think that you know when you're in a relationship, especially like a very committed relationship with someone who's older and in her case, more established, she was probably intimidated to ask him to do something for her because she hadn't actually achieved the status of architect. She was still in the process of getting there. So she was probably like kind of afraid to be like, no, actually, I really want to finish school. But, you know, so you should change your job for me, which when you're in a relationship, especially if you're going to be married with someone, you should definitely learn about compromise and learning to do what's best for both of you, not just one of you. Because his job did sound fucking miserable. I'm sorry. He was like a sports writer and he had to travel all the time and he was staying in shitty motels and she's like a rich socialite and like she does not need to be doing that. I'm sorry. (laughs) And then when she works up the nerve to say like, hey, I think you should come work for my dad. I don't think that we should like try to spend the first couple years of our marriage on the road, he freaks out at her and she makes her cry at a restaurant. Yeah, no, the, in front of all these people. Like, what the like why are we rooting for this couple? No. Well, okay, so like let's back up because I feel like we should present all of the characters and who they are before we get into like why they kind of suck. Um, That's fair. <laughs> so But they all suck. They except do. for Rupert Everett. Exactly. I a thousand percent agree. Um, So Julia Roberts is this woman. She's established. She's a food critic. um, She has a career and she's known Dermot Mulroney. Is his name Mike in this movie? It is, right? Yeah, Michael. It is. Yes. Okay. It's Michael. She calls him Michael. So Michael. That's how you know that he's hot. He has a hot guy name. (laughs) (laughs) So she and Michael have been friends since college and they've had for sure a like sexual relationship for nine years in which she is a thousand percent withholding of her feelings and not ready to address them. And he's been calling her nonstop and she's at dinner and she starts telling her her gay BFF, George, about him and how they made a pact um, while they were still in college that after they were no longer going to be a couple, um, but if they became 28 and they were not married, they would marry each other. So on the eve of her 28th birthday, you know, she's thinking of him. And mind you, he's, like, calling her at dinner. And she's like, no, I'll take that later. Um, Some voicemail. (laughs) Um, 
And which, like, this movie is very dated just by the technology. That cell phone is like a brick. Just it giant is, yeah. phones. Yeah, it's huge. Giant it has, phones like, that for everyone. leather cover. I remember my dad had one of those. Yeah. <laughs> they were, yeah, they're very old. You but, had to um, protect your brick phone. It's crazy how, like, we thought they were so Those fragile. things are indestructible. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's be real. They were not made of glass like our phones are today. Like, they were very much, like, you definitely, if you wanted to, like, rob a shop you could throw it through the window and like jump through and pick up the phone and be good nowadays not so much but um and yet i roll around without a cover on my iphone you're you're living dangerous you're 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 living on the wild side i don't know how you do that my glass case has cracks in it and um I'm just hoping it lasts me and doesn't cut my finger, but it's okay. Things are just fine. hoping for the best. Yes, always. Um, so she finally goes home and like listens to her voicemails of her best friend, and he's like, "Hey, call me. It's urgent." Um, and this is on a Wednesday, like today, a Wednesday, and she calls him back, and he's like, "Hey, thanks for calling me back. I'm in Chicago. I'm staying at the Drake. They're in like they're only an hour apart. I don't know what time she got home, but it was like." Maybe like four in the morning, which is like crazy because you're a food critic and most restaurants close at 10. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) moving on. That's not important. (laughs) She calls him back and he's like, hey, I've got something to tell you. She's like, hold on me first. And like she goes into this thing before she she's like going to try and tell him feelings. But like she doesn't say anything like she doesn't. Why? Why? Well, this is like the thing about her that I actually really fucking hate about her the entire movie is that like she has feelings she knows what they are but like when it comes to speaking them with her mouth she doesn't know what to do and it's like you know words you are a writer you went to brown (laughs) like you're smart but like why can't you say the words that you mean so he ends up telling her that he's getting married this weekend and fly to chicago no no fly to chicago tomorrow because everything starts tomorrow um which is like okay if you guys were really best friends you would have gotten an invitation and you would have known about this like months ago or at least a month ago right like one month is fine two weeks even but like day before you start your four-day festivities like come on man what kind of a friend are you really like y'all are not best friends no shady friend (laughs) we're such besties like you're not real friends sorry get the fuck out of here um so, yeah, she flies out to Chicago to see him and meet his new bride-to-be. And uh, he is introduced, and you see his beautiful face, and he's just, like, that, I mean, that scene in the in the airport, like, before you know the shit that she does is yeah. adorable. Oh, my God. And, like, there's so much chemistry between yeah. the two of them. Like, and it's probably because both of their characters are narcissists yeah but but definitely like when she like falls in the airport and like they are real they're like almost like nose to nose that you can tell how much just like raw chemistry there was between them yeah they made a blood truce you guys they like cut each other and made this blood truce so they're I feel here like you just said that like that was very sexy and in my <laughs> no. head i was like no no i said it with a grimace it came out wrong i'm sorry <laughs> wine goddamn wine jen that's your natural animal magnetism coming out <laughs> <laughs> so she meets her lover michael and uh, his cute bride-to-be, Cameron Diaz. I feel like she's really sweet. I She comes off as like, oh, my God, I love you. Let me hug so you. I, I, take, I take 
notice with like one thing when we first meet Cameron Diaz and it's who the hell put her in that horrible yellow dress because Cameron Diaz is a beautiful woman and she was so young and so vibrant and all that I could see the whole time that she would like that they bring her on screen in that first scene is like what the fuck is this yellow monstrosity (laughs) that they have her in it's so unflattering it's just like a sack there's no shape to it right and she's like tall and beautiful and they just like characterize her all wrong in this movie because she's like in Cardi's the whole time she's wearing like these pearls in every scene every scene that you see her in but like nevertheless like they sell it she's like cute she's nice she's like naive but genuine so they get in the car with her and she's also like a psycho driver which like (laughs) I don't know how that like contributes to her characterization like maybe it's because she's 20 maybe it's because she's a woman nevertheless I think it's unnecessary um I don't know if it's just like attributing to the fact that she's like oblivious to certain things around her I don't know I don't know what it is yeah like she's she's somehow so carefree that like she doesn't care how she drives. <laughs> we can, yeah. Well, I did feel like she was trying to force the relationship though, because when they get into the car, she says, she says it's time for you to force yourself to get personal, and then goes into this whole thing about how they're going to be best friends, and she's always wanted a sister. Yeah. And it, to me, I was like, oh, clearly you're threatened by this person. Definitely. Yeah. Like, have you ever met a person who? Like, you immediately click with at a party or something, and you're like, oh, shit, like, let's go do everything together now. Like, (laughs) let's go to Taco Bell right now together and leave this party so we can just hang out. Yeah. I feel like the Cameron Diaz character was trying to be one side of that relationship, (laughs) but Julia Roberts was, like, not super into it. She's like, nah, hold on, I don't know you. (laughs) Yeah, like, Julia Roberts. Yeah, like, Julia Roberts is clearly the villain in this movie, but, like... Cameron Diaz is also, like, you can't make someone you just met your maid of honor for three days before your wedding. And, like, the way that she'd be, like, I, like, she would tell her random facts that she knew about her that Michael had shared. Like, that's creepy. Like, even if you know something about me, you don't have to be, like, I know that you're, like, emotionally unavailable and like repressed basically yeah like that's you're coming on strong and then later in the elevator she's she like number one she stops the elevator like a psychopath um and then she starts like talking to her about how like she's like you win win what i don't yeah, know she clearly they she's playing a game too yeah yes. for sure and I don't know about you guys, but if someone that I had just met that is coming on that strong stops an elevator with me, I'd have a panic attack in there too. The only issue I have is like, how is she not aware of the fact that like she's causing Julia Roberts a panic attack? Because she was like clearly like very uncomfortable. And she's just like, well, he's told me all these amazing things about you. And, you know, I just I know how much he loves you. And you're just like, whoa, this is overwhelming. We just met like. Let's have some alcohol first and then we'll bond. <laughs> but like, you know, just slow your roll. You're you're getting too ahead of yourself. And then she goes from that to meeting her family who just have to keep commenting on the fact that she's from New York because that yeah. means something. Yeah. You know, any weird behavior is like, well, she's from New York. <laughs> but you know what, though? Also, it wasn't just her. It was like 
all of Cameron Diaz's family was yeah. obsessed with her. Like, oh my God, you're Jules. And yeah. they were like so excited to see her. Mind you, she had just been invited to this wedding the day before. <laughs> the day before. Like, that's crazy. Anyway, I take issue with that because, like, if we're friends and you invite me to your wedding the day before, I'm sorry, I'm not coming. Yeah, no. And you want me to be maid of honor? You got to prepare for that. You get get the hell out of here with that. And then, like, the first thing that they do is go to a dress fitting. Like, no, oh, thank you. Yeah. I just got off a plane. I would yeah. like to go unpack and, like, lay down and have a cocktail. Yeah. I'm bloated. <laughs> I'm bloated. You yeah. need to give me some time to recover. I don't fit in this dress right. Yeah, that would be the worst time for a dress fitting. <laughs> Which actually takes you to strike one against Michael. Because – Although I hate the Julia Roberts character in this movie, I also hate the Michael character. I hate everything about this movie. It fills me with a rage, <laughs> unlike any other rage I've ever felt before. So she is changing out of the maid of honor dress that she's just ripped. Yeah. And she's on the phone and she's in a changing room and someone knocks at the door and she's in her underwear. And she's like, sure, come in, because I think she assumes that it's Julia Roberts or, like, the dress fitter. And in walks Michael and, like, straight up is just like, yeah, you look good, girl. And <laughs> yeah. Dude, you are about to get married. Why are you behaving like this is a casual flirtation for you? Yeah, and he also says something like – she, you know, is trying to be modest and cover herself up. She's like, don't look at me. And he's like, it's not like I haven't seen more than that before. And it's like, but still, like, I'm at your <laughs> wife's dress fitting for your wedding. Like, what are you doing? I mean, I don't know. I, I So Julia Roberts, like, when she initially gets off the phone with him, she, like, sets off on this mission to, like, I'm going to steal him back. And that's what she tells George when she's, like, so at the airport. Charming. I get Even it. Even though he's, like... A pile of trash. He is a pile of trash. I mean, he's a good-looking pile of trash. Yeah, (laughs) that's really what he is going for him. Like, if you get it, like, when you see him and you're like, oh, okay. I mean, I understand. I I try. You know, I I definitely try for that. Um, (laughs) They – she comes to this, like, pre-wedding event where both of Kim, Cameron Diaz's family – um, and Michael's family are all joined together. And she, like, also awkwardly really flirts a lot with a very underage boy um, in front <laughs> of Michael to something, to provoke something out of him. I don't know what. <laughs> it was weird. And then they have this, like, talk about them. And she's like, oh, well, I'm here. You know, I came here for you. And I don't know. These... They're two really emotionally stupid people because they neither one of them, like, knows how to express to one another, like, their thoughts or feelings about each other. So he starts going into an explanation as to, like, why he's getting married to Cameron Diaz, a.k.a. Kim. He's like, well, she lets me hug her in public. And it's like, okay. And basically what he's saying is, like, no, she's just, like, a proper girlfriend who, like, lets me have affection for her without being embarrassed or really awkward like you. And she's But like, they oh. also, as a couple, force her into all of these, like, weird middleman positions where, like, I'm going to make you my maid of honor. But then, like, you might as well come to all of the bachelor events where she is, like, the only woman and then is kind of, like – 
doing a thing where she forces herself to become like a sexualized object to all of the men there. Like she sits down on Dermot Mulroney's dad's lap <laughs> and then kisses him on the mouth. Right? Okay. I wasn't crazy. I knew it was on the mouth and I was like, mm. well, there's a lot of that because she does that with, uh, with George. Was that a thing in the 90s? Were people just walking around kissing each other on the mouths? I'm convinced it is a movie thing. I've never seen real people do that. Alba, let, let, let me just ask you something. Let me just ask you something. Yes. Chris is my husband's best friend, and you're one of my best friends. Yes. If I ever... <laughs> I can't even, like, say the words. <laughs> if I ever, just leaving brunch... <laughs> Give you a hug and then kiss Chris on the mouth. Would you not think that I was having a stroke? Well, yes. Especially because Chris always makes terrible key party jokes around the four of us that no one else thinks is funny. And then last time we were all together, Mike, your husband, and myself had to be like, you need to stop that because no one finds that funny. Like, I know what you're trying to do, but no, <laughs> just stop. So, yeah, I would think, like, is Natalie okay? Like, I think I, I would never I would never be like this fucking bitch because I know you. I would just be concerned for your health. Like, and, did and she have a stroke? That, that's the thing is that, like, if you're really friends with someone, at least to me, like, I never assume that my friends are actively, maliciously doing something to, like, piss me off or to, like, intentionally hurt me. So I don't understand why at no point in this movie, like, anyone was like, hey, Jules, are you all right? <laughs> Everyone was intimidated like, by her because she's from New York. Yeah. <laughs> you can't mess with her. Like, she might no. yell at you and... Because, you know, she's a critic and she might criticize you. And you don't want that. You don't want to be on the receiving end of Jules' uh, negative commentary. No, I mean, as long as she's kissing you on the mouth, she's not uh, stabbing you in the back. <laughs> but she did a lot of backstabby stuff. <sighs> she did. She truly did. Well, so let's start with, like, the most egregious. Well, no, it's not the most egregious. But in my heart, if this had happened to me, I'd be pretty fucking pissed about this. And this would be about the time. Is it the karaoke? Yes. <laughs> If someone did that to me at karaoke, okay, so this is a scene that happens. Dermot Mulroney, aka Michael, loves karaoke bars, but clearly Kim being cutesy socialite is like not about that. She so they, also walks into that karaoke bar like it is Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah, like she's it like is a den of sin. She's unsure about her whereabouts. But also, she's also prefaced this and told Julia Roberts that, like, she's not about this scene. Oh, yeah. This bitch did that on purpose. Yeah. It's so she evil. brings her. It's really fucked up. So they bring her to this karaoke bar, and Michael, like, tries to joke around and is like, all right, Kim, here you go. And then, like, tries to hand her the, uh, the mic, and she clearly is like, no, no, fuck you. No. And he's like, all right. And he hands it over to Jules, and... She takes it and she's like, oh, no, leave her alone. She's fine. And uh, welcome, everyone. Here's Kim. And, like, hands her the microphone in front of a crowded bar of people who all cheer for her to sing. And, like, really, Jules played herself because everybody in that bar yeah. was very supportive of her shitty singing. But if that had been me, I would have, like, 
drop the fucking mic and be like, you bitch! And like, <laughs> run off! <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be okay with that. Like, I there's one thing, like, my boyfriend has actually a video of Alba and I doing karaoke. I which hate, like, like, I know that video is gonna be oh, my demise it's, it's, one it's day. Natty, one. you were there. This was it's at, a good one. Yeah, it's like it's from that bar terrible. by your mom's house. I, yeah, it's, it's terrible. We were singing Destiny's Child, Say My Name, which is like a great song. But, but not Alba and for I karaoke. Are a lot of things. Not no, for karaoke. You and I are great at a lot of things, but singing is just no. for sure not one of them. Like neither one of us was given the gift from God of beautiful voice. So it's needless terrible. to say, had I been Kim, I for sure would have. And like, ugh, it was really painful to watch. Yeah, but I kind of liked that her singing stayed bad. Yeah. I, I was worried that, like, it was going to be that movie trope where, like, it starts really bad and then all of a sudden this person has this amazing <laughs> talent and then everyone's like, oh, shucks. Like, she was bad when she started. She was bad when the song ended. And to me, like, that was the point at which I turned and I was like, oh, actually, this person's really endearing. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. That's why I say Jules, like, played herself, because she played into the thing that, like, Michael finds endearing about Kim, is that, like, all right, she's put in a shitty situation, but she's going to make the best of it, and she's like, whereas I think, like, Julia Roberts would have done the same thing I did and would have, like, dropped the mic and been like, fuck you, and, like, walked out, you know? Yeah, Jules definitely, like, takes herself (laughs) way too seriously, so it's that constructs of, like, her against Kim, who's just playful and young and like knows that at the end of the day like yeah it's really embarrassing but it doesn't fucking matter yeah and exactly everyone was cheering her on which like no which one cheered, on, cheered us on when we were singing i think that was a problem that's what we were yeah, so bad i cheered about. you guys on <laughs> i know i was there for it <laughs> oh terrible but like this whole idea that she takes herself so seriously is what feeds into like two scenes later when she is criticizing Michael for not having a real job or like a grown-up career because he's a sports writer when Jules is a food writer. Yeah. I don't understand how you could be so unself aware to criticize basically someone who has the same job as you and then set yourself up like, but I'm successful. Like, come on, girl. Yeah, she was yeah. very much a narcissist and thought very highly of herself and very poorly of others. I will say that she was on a book tour. So I think like she was an author. But being a sports writer is a grown up job. Like, yeah. yeah, it sucks for you to have to travel. But you're 27 years old, says the woman who is married to a sports writer. <laughs> True. Like... That who, is who is married and has like a real career yeah, it's versus a, real... a twenty-seven-year-old who is unmarried and like go live your life, go yeah, travel, go travel. Right? Who cares? That a problem. And he loves his job, like which ends up you know being terrible on his part because he's forcing his bride to be to quit her dreams to follow him around. But he has his dream job. Like why? Strike two. Yeah, I hated that. Agreed. I think that Julia Julia Roberts' character was for sure, like, very right to criticize Kim for giving up her life to follow along in this endeavor. Like, I don't know, maybe hold off on getting married then. Like, if you guys really love each other and you guys both have different pursuits in your life and you have to finish school and he has to travel for work and, like, yeah, maybe just wait. Like, if you love each other, it should should be okay, right? Like, I I don't know. I just feel like... 
you have to understand that there's like a compromise in a relationship. And I do, while I know that Julie Roberts's actual um, intentions behind how she proposed this information to Kim was malicious because she was for sure trying to start some shit. Um, she was also not wrong in having her like realize that she should stand up for herself. Yeah. But as you mentioned earlier, when they did bring this up and like, you know, Jules is like trying to be really casual about it. Like, oh no, you should, you should try and see if like maybe you know there's a place for him to work out with your dad because Kim's dad owns the White Sox, which is a sports team in baseball. Because I know stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad that you explained that because I was like, I know he owns something. Yeah, a sports team, which is a big deal. Oh, and, it's just the White Sox. No big deal, right? Like. I mean, I don't know that much about them, but if I know something about, no, like, yeah. baseball, it's, like, an old team. It's yeah. important. Here I am. All right. I'll stop talking about sports. I sound All dumb. I know <laughs> is that if your team is named after some stinky old socks, like, you guys need to really think about a rebrand. There's the white and red, so. Yeah. I, I mean, and the Red Sox, like, the actual Red Sox is their best logo because... Am I thinking? No, I'm thinking of the Indians. Never mind. No, no. <laughs> You're okay. thinking of the Redskins. <laughs> no, I was oh. no, I was thinking of the Indians. Oh. Like, yeah, which <sighs> have like the most problematic logo. They're all bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I like. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna get into it. But yeah. Yes. So for me, like the worst part of the movie, and the part at which I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm done. Fuck all of these people. <laughs> They're all terrible. Was they the three of them go to a restaurant. Cameron Diaz brings up maybe working for her dad so that she can finish school. And he starts screaming at her in a restaurant, talking about how, like, they have been colluding against him, makes his fiance cry and beg him to stay. That's the worst. When she starts begging, like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Like, oh, no, you were not in the wrong. Not at all. And he, like, made such a scene. He was being such a crazy person about this. He, like, stood up and was like, yeah, I can't was believe you're doing at this. Yeah, and they're, like, in a nice restaurant. So, like, people are for sure judging you. And it's like, dude, sit down. You're not paying for this. Kim is. Like, Prob- maybe yeah. have a little bit more decency. And yet... Julia Roberts continues to be like, yep, that's the one I want. Like, are you crazy? Uh, yes. Yeah, like, this is before she goes and writes the the email. Oh, man, this is problematic by yeah, a lot. No, this is, so, at the beginning, when we're like, oh, Julia Roberts is trying to win him back, and she's trying to dazzle him with her wits, you know, and be this beautiful, charming person that she knows is in love with her. She is trying really hard and you can maybe kind of side with her. You're like, yeah, because she's a protagonist and I want her to win. And then she takes a turn. And that's like when she gets to the point where she goes to Kim's dad's office, a.k.a. owner of the White Sox. And she uses his like study or not his study, his office to write an email on his laptop. She hacked him before hacking was a thing and sent an email to... Michael's boss telling yeah, him basically she commits felony corporate fraud. Yes. <laughs> like she is psychotic, which is again, like I don't I I walked into this movie. I feel shook. <laughs> what were your expectations? I walked in thinking it was going to be boy meets girl, girl likes boy. 
boy meets other girl and then like boy has to figure out why like it's it's a much better fit for him to be with the first girl which ultimately is not what happens but some and i would be one of these people i would argue that like yes two narcissists should get married so they can leave this poor innocent person alone then she goes off the rails, mega crazy, committing fraud all over the place, <laughs> misusing email in a way that it has never existed because she just types a person's name and title into this, like, send bar. <laughs> and, like, I was like, this is not how email works. It's never how it's worked. And then she is, like, completely, like, and then she's desperate to get her plan in motion because it's not, like, at any point she she does think to herself, like, what am I doing? I shouldn't do this. And yet she still does it. Yeah. She saved that draft. She's having, like, some sort of breakdown. Well, like, yes, she wrote the email and then the whole thing where, like, she doesn't send it. But then she saves it to the drafts and then the assistant sends all the emails out. So she has to like break into his office. When I watched this movie when I was young, I was always sad that they didn't end up together. And then I something like you grow up and you learn things. And then one day, like I think I in one of my many rewatches of this movie, I was like, no, she's a horrible person. Like, it's great that then they don't like even though they're true, they're both narcissists like. They shouldn't be together. No. She's too, like, he clearly expresses this need for someone to, like, reciprocate feelings yeah. to him. And she has, like, like, a baseline of human affection for him. <laughs> yeah, like, all he says is, like, I just, she lets me hug her in public and I don't have to let go right away. And then you're like, wow, like, you're kind of a bitch. Like, you don't let him hug you? Like, he's hot. Why wouldn't you let him hug you? Like, it's nice. You should enjoy that. <laughs> Why wouldn't you want every single person on the planet to see him hug you? Right? <laughs> she took him for granted is really the point. It's like she's taken him for granted and he's been there for her when she's needed him. And, you know, he helps her feel better about herself because he's this beautiful man who she loves and she knows loves her and idolizes her. And so she kind of just like use that, uses that as like an ego boost. And um, so at the point where she decides that she's going to send this email to his boss and do this terrible conniving thing, not just to him, but also to the father of the woman he's about to marry, because she implicates him in this whole ordeal by using his email. And then when he realizes, like, his boss trying to be, like, a good person is like, hey, listen, your wife's dad sent me this email telling me to fire you. Sorry you're about to get married, but you should know. Which is, like, good guy move on his boss's side. Yeah, he doesn't immediately fire him. Right. And then this brings us to this beautiful moment between Julia Roberts and Paul Giamatti, which... <gasps> Paul Giamatti! Yeah, anytime he's around, oh I'm like, yes, Paul Giamatti, I'm about that guy. He's really cool. God, I really hope he's never sexually harassed someone, because that would be oh, such man. a bummer. Yeah, yeah it really would. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. But he has, like, the most amazing cameo in this movie. Yeah. He's working in the hotel that she's staying at, and she um, she lets Michael call this woman and call off their marriage for something that she did. And she just sits in the hallway and smokes cigarettes, which, like, the use of cigarettes was, like, excessive, but I get it. It was the 90s. It was still okay at the time. Yeah, and so she's... I let it go. It's her it was character, a little weird, though. Yeah, is her character, like, the 90s version, like, of the cool girl? 
Like, yeah. Oh, for sure. With yeah. lots of cigarettes. Yeah. And just like. Because, like, we remember Carrie Bradshaw. I don't even she smoked care. a lot of cigarettes. Yeah. And she was also from New York. But Not there was from, something but, yeah. about, like, so I think the beautiful thing that people, at least that I always loved about a character like Carrie Bradshaw is that she was warm and she, like, loved other people and she wanted to be in love. Whereas Julia Roberts' character in this movie also smokes a ton of cigarettes, but she's cold and she's mean and she's, like, methodical in a way that I don't think someone, like, a character like Carrie Bradshaw ever was. I agree. I think Carrie Bradshaw, and, like, mind you, I have a lot of gripes with Carrie Bradshaw. Oh, she's a not, better person. She's not perfect. No, no. no, no. She's, she's very human, you guys. Um, but I feel like we actually, we skipped over this whole portion of the movie that is really kind of a highlight for me because it includes George. Yeah, And it's when Jules calls George and is, like, freaking out. And she's like, oh, my God. And, like, George is having this beautiful dinner party. And this bitch just calls him and leaves this, like, psycho message on his machine that everyone gets to hear. And he's still beautiful and gracious to his guests which of course he's amazing um and he flies out to chicago to like save her and then she fucking sabotages him he shows up and is like listen jules he's getting married this weekend like speak your truth tell him how you feel see what happens like but get it out like say what you gotta say she he like builds her up and she's very ready to like go and talk to him and tell Michael how she feels and then she tells Michael that she's engaged to George who is her gay BFF and she lied and, and now she's really not cool no, she implicates George into this whole thing and he was like there to be a supportive friend not dragged through the mud through this whole thing and so it becomes like a thing but the best part of all of this is that George is very clever and very good at conversation and gives the best explanation as to how they got engaged by telling a story about how they met at a mental institution. And it is my favorite thing of this movie is like that those few scenes where he makes her feel awful for bringing him into this whole ordeal and like basically makes her feel stupid and want to eat her words and go back on everything she said because she tells Michael that like, yeah, I'm I'm getting married to him, and it's like, well, bitch, why it, didn't you say something before now? Yeah, that it, it the story does not track. No, it doesn't. Well, before that, like right after she tells Michael that she's engaged to George, there's a like small aside where she says to George, "You're gonna humiliate, you're gonna humiliate, oh my god, you're gonna humiliate, <laughs> you're going to humiliate me, aren't you?" And all that I could think was like, fuck, yes, he is. You're humiliating him. He is a gay man who the movie leads us to believe is married to another man. This is a humiliating situation for him. Yeah. Of course he's going to make it difficult for yeah. you. Yeah, you dumbass. He told that- you to tell him the truth, but you're emotionally defunct and you cannot speak the feelings that you have in your heart. And like, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of us have trouble like saying how we really feel and need time to process emotions. Like for me, especially, I find that sometimes when I'm in a very emotional situation, I like fly off the handle at at the very beginning, but I'm still unable to articulate the way that I'm feeling. And so what people see is like anger or outrage, but inside I'm like, 
or much later, <laughs> I think to myself, like, was that what I was actually feeling? I don't know. But she straight up just lies. <laughs> yeah. It's just nonstop lies. It's not right. Yeah. And like, I, I also kind of see her point of like public displays of affection. Like, I am not, like, I can be pretty cold. I have been told that I hold hands weird by my husband. <laughs> he, don't know he gets really mad. I, I really do. I, I hold, like, I, no one taught me how to hold hands properly. I, yeah. Because your arms are really long. Yeah, I just, I have very long limbs. It. It's, it's a lot. I'm still getting my motor skills down myself. It's just genetic. Bringing someone else into the picture is just like walk and hold hands at the same time. It's insane. <laughs> so in that sense, I kind of, I'm like, okay, I understand. I wouldn't want someone just like holding me like I can just stand on my own. But that's just like, and that's my shit though. Like it's not something that I'm proud of. That's definitely something I, like she needs to work on. I would agree with you, except that she kisses strangers on True, the mouth yeah. in public. Yeah, and so does. it's clearly not a situation where the problem is emotion or affection. The problem is honest, true intimacy. Yeah. And like, if you are straight up trying to break up a wedding and you're still unable to tell someone how you feel about them, like, that's a you problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very much like you can't have him anymore. So now you're like, well, no, he was mine all along. Whereas like if he had called her at the beginning of the movie and had been like, hey, I just want to hang out. We wouldn't have the movie at all. (laughs) Right. She totally would have brushed him off and been like, I'm going to book to her. It's only when he's unavailable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But also, like, George coming to Chicago leads us to uh, a scene of the movie that I want your opinion on, which is the scene of the movie in which everyone breaks into song. Mm -hmm. (sighs) I got to tell you guys, in addition to the other things (laughs) that I was not a fan of in this movie... (laughs) There was far too much random white people breaking out into song. It is not a thing that happens. It definitely doesn't happen over lobster lunch. And I don't understand. Like, why was there even a piano player at that? There are so many lobster knockoffs. There are so many questions. What's the song again? It's um. I don't know Houston. I don't know what it's called. Forever, yeah. Yeah, don't. I'm gonna cut that out of the scene. No, please don't. It's very upset that I did that. You're the only one allowed to sing. Um. Also, it's like a bunch of white waspy people at brunch. I'm like, none of those fucking people are gonna sit at brunch and sing a Whitney Houston song, like. No, they'll tip the piano player if he plays it, but they're definitely not gonna sing it. Not with this like beautiful man that just tells them this crazy story about an asylum love affair. No. Yeah, this is a, I say a little prayer and it's Aretha Franklin. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, it's a bunch of, like, it's just, there are a lot of questions that go unanswered. Why are they singing during lunch? How come, like, yes, everyone knows the lyrics of the song, but like, they've rehearsed. Yeah. Yeah, Like, not even just the chorus. They know the bridge. They know yeah. all the verses. Like, how is that even possible? Not a fan of musicals. It's, not it's a, a fan of the scene. It's romantic but, comedy nonsense. Yeah, but it also is like romantic comedy, like, come up song. Because every romantic comedy has, like, the song where it's like, this one is, what's the name of it? Say a Little Prayer. <laughs> 
<laughs> Other movies have like, you know, they're like whole um reveal song like the one with um made in manhattan like she had her whole song when she was being beautified before she showed up in front of her like knight in shining armor who was also aka kind of a jerk so i feel like that's just like part of the trope of a romantic comedy is that there's like this diva song in the middle of there like thrown in there I guess, but this movie had, like, six songs. Yeah. Where it was just, like, extended shots of, like, people singing loudly, people singing quietly to each other, people singing publicly, people singing at a wedding. Like, it was bizarre. I was like, could you not get the rights to any of these songs? Well, they also sang a uh, Frank Sinatra song. Like, it was their song, you know, between Michael and Jules. He sang it to her. Which, Which like, I had. Well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Okay. Let's let's jump forward a little bit. Sure. So Jules lets Michael call off his wedding in her hotel room. And that's the point at which you would think, like, because she's like, do you want to grab a drink? Do you want to stay here? You would think that, like, that's the moment where if if he was really into you and he wanted to be with you, he would be like, yes, I'll spend the night. He says, no. I want to be alone. At which, like, if none of the signals before had said to her, he does not want to be with me, he wants to be with this other person, like, this should have been it. Of yeah. like, okay, he broke things off with her and he still doesn't want to be with me. So I guess, like, all of this was for nothing and I'm a terrible person. That's not what happens. <laughs> he calls her the next morning and he's like, I'm going to go to her family's pre-wedding brunch and break things off with her there. Strike three against Michael because he's yeah. a piece of shit for trying to do that. That's yeah. a mess up. Yeah. She at that brunch, and this is strike like 40 for Jules. Oh, yeah. Decides, no, that's like, just... this is the appropriate time for me to kiss this person and tell him and not tell him anything. I don't even think she told him that she loved him. And of course, because this is a romantic comedy, at that point, Cameron Diaz walks up and sees them kissing and all hell breaks loose. Cameron Diaz was also using Jules to go back and forth between the two of them, which was, like, really dumb. Like, no, yeah. girl, you go talk, talk to your man. Talk like, to your don't, man. Yeah, because don't, don't let somebody go in between you. The messenger always fucks things up. You need to be direct. That's how you resolve things. Talk to the person. Yeah, and she professes, like, her love. Like, she's finally, like, choose me after she had gone back and forth, basically getting them together. Because this all happens after um they both agree like yes they want to get married and that's when Mm -hmm. like yes this is my moment and it's like no your moment should have never happened there's you don't have a time for it but this is definitely not it she's like this is a really inconvenient time and it's like yeah bitch where were you nine years ago like he just said he wants to marry her yeah, he is at – this is her family's beautiful estate that you're fucking moseying around on in your little crop top, breaking up marriages, right and To left. be fair, though, if I if I were – if I had Julia Roberts' body and hair and giant teeth and an Irish beautiful nose and I wanted to break up a wedding, that is the outfit that I would wear. Yes. Because she looked – I don't know what it what like even in Aaron Brockovich where she's supposed to like be showing a lot of skin and like be very sexy to me I watched this movie and I was like Jesus Christ she is so sexy in like an annoying way that I'm envious of (laughs) yeah 
and her it's, double it's sunglasses. Really, yeah, she, it's really the the two sunglasses. Yeah, blush and all the shade. Yeah, <laughs> and then she cares about eye protection. I dig that. Yeah, and then like <laughs> Cameron Diaz like runs away. And then you realize, and, like, granted, we've had a lot of, like, moments where the rest of the viewers are like, okay, bitch, like, aha, he doesn't like you, move on. He runs after Kim, and she runs after him. And you're like, and so she calls George after she, like, steals a baker truck, which I got confused, side note, with um, Runaway Bride, where she steals a FedEx truck. Yeah. Okay, see, that's that's where I get those movies confused. Anyway, she steals a bakery truck and follows him, who is following his bride-to-be, and she calls George, and she's, like, freaking out, and he makes the best point. He's like, bitch, nobody following you. Like, where are you going? (laughs) Quote. Why? And, like, that is why we love George, because he's, like, real. And that's why, like, I want a movie about him because every time that she calls him, he's doing something wonderful. Like, he's at a book reading now. Like, I want to yeah. know who he was there for. Like, he it just was like has a this- sensual book reading too. It was like a little <laughs> sexual. And you're like, oh, George, you're so naughty. <laughs> it was great. I wonder if he edited that book. <laughs> he's an editor. Could be. Yeah. He's successful. Like, fuck. Yeah, so then, so she comes to the realization, like, he does not want her. And she finds Michael at, like, a train station. They can't find Kim. And she sits down next to him, and she's like, let me help you fix this, because, like, clearly you want to be with this woman. And then she does, like, a complete 180 on, like, a dime. Like, for a woman who evidently has loved this man for nine years, she's like, you know what? (laughs) My feelings don't matter anymore, starting now. (laughs) Not starting three days ago when it would have been helpful. Right? Like, listen, I'm all for, like, when... I feel like this movie drives home a very important point in life for everyone. When someone doesn't like you back, let it go. Just let it go. Everybody wins that way. Like, it hurts a lot. But you know what? You become a better person for letting that shit go. Why? Because it's just not meant to be. Because if it were, they would have picked you. So get over it. Like, it's not something that you need to, like, try and connivingly get. Like, how would you feel about the relationship that you have with this man if you had been successful? Like, how would that have played out in the future? Poorly, because you're a horrible person and you tricked this other not-so-great person into being with you and leaving behind a person who, like, made them feel happy and fulfilled. So... I feel like almost every movie that we've talked about so far, we've said that exact thing at some point. <laughs> yeah. of like, if someone doesn't like you, let it go, boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. Just, just walk it's away. It's okay. Walk Build away. Build some character, you know, brush your shoulder off. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so eventually they find Cameron Diaz, and she is – like, why didn't they go to the first place – I have to cut you off. I have to cut you off because this is one of the things that I was like very entertained with in this movie. Cameron, or sorry, Jules calls one of the vengeful sluts (laughs) and is like, yo, where is this bitch at? Like, where can I find Kim? She's like, oh, I don't know. Some some crank caller told me that uh, she might be at, I don't know, some stadium She said the stadium, yeah. What crank caller? But... (laughs) The best part of this conversation is the fact that the other vengeful slut 
decided to lick the ice sculpture of David in the penis. (laughs) And her tongue got stuck. And the best person after George in this movie is the guy blocking the cameraman from taking pictures of her with her tongue stuck to (laughs) the icicle dick. That guy is the real MVP of this movie. Yes. Because... If you didn't whip out some kind of camera contraption to take a picture of that and you were defending this poor woman whose face is stuck to an icicle penis, you're a good guy. Anyway, yeah. that guy should have been married to Cameron Diaz at the end. <laughs> oh, also, I can't believe I didn't point this out before. I felt very guilty about noticing this, but now I want to make that everyone else's problem. <laughs> I, the whole movie, I was like, Cameron Diaz looks different. Like, what's going on with her? What, like, is it that she's older now? And then I Googled a picture of Cameron Diaz now, and it's because she had a nose job. Yeah. She's broken her nose a lot. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how did I not know this? So then I fell down a rabbit hole of, like, Cameron Diaz's nose throughout the years. <laughs> Good for her. Her The current one is an excellent model. Yeah. Yeah. My knowledge of Cameron Diaz nose jobs is Cameron Diaz is a sporty chick and has broken said nose many occasions, and that is why she's had to have a nose job. She also dated Justin Timberlake, you guys, so hashtag winning. Yeah, she's a winner. She's not doing so bad. No. Okay, so they find her. Oh, this was like my favorite (laughs) fucking scene in the movie. Julia Roberts finds Cameron Diaz in the ladies' room at the stadium of her father's team. And Cameron Diaz says, she says something crazy, like, get away from me, you bitch. Um, And she comes out of the stall, and she's, like, clearly crying, and she's like, you betrayed me. Like, why did you do this to me? And obviously, Julia Roberts says all the stuff that we just said of, like, well, you were acting kind of cray. Um, But then they have, like, a straight-up fight in the ladies' room, like, high school locker room style. Yeah, someone was like, yo, there's a cat fight. I mean, they never actually fight. This scene embodies a women's room very well because there's a lot of, like, positivity and woman power in a ladies' room. Especially when it's, like, charged with a lot of ladies. Yeah. And when she calls her out, she's like, you kissed my soon-to-be fian- like husband on my wedding day. And everyone's like, oh, you a bitch. Like, you a nasty <laughs> bitch. How could you? Well, that ladies' room is a place of, like, powerful women, diverse women, women who are, like, subverting, like, female stereotypes. And yet... Everyone in that ladies' room identifies that Julia Roberts is a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she calls her a two-faced, big-haired food critic. So Ooh. who gets a yeah. last laugh? It's Cameron Diaz. Definitely. Yeah, it's Cameron Diaz. Because then, like, literally everybody the next sides scene, with her. Yeah. I'm like, okay, oh, I'm here actually because I feel really bad that I was this terrible person and I'm going to take you to marry our dream man. And it's like, let it go, bitch. He's not your dream <laughs> man. He's not yours. He's her. She makes everything in this movie about her. Yeah. Oh, also, I should mention 
Cameron Diaz also kisses her dad on the mouth mm-hmm. at the wedding. This is a movie thing, that. I swear. No, it's... I've seen people do that. No, it's like a thing people do. I don't understand. I don't get it. it. Like, the idea of kissing my father on the mouth, I'm like, I'm like gagging. <laughs> like, I can't, like, I talked to my dad today. I love him. He is fine. But, like, <laughs> oh, oh, like, kissing him on the mouth, his Ugh, yeah, like no. if it's like accidental, and even then you're like, whoa, yeah, no, like, no. Ugh. even then you're like, we can't look at each other. For yeah, several I'm gonna leave hours. now. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, like what the hell? But people do that. I mean, it's a thing. And I guess like if you love each other, great. But like, I won't see that. Yeah, I'm on this one. <laughs> I'm not about PDA. That's not for me. Like, if I love you, I will show you later. And no one's there. <laughs> okay, so uh, Cameron Diaz and Dermot Mulroney get married. It's fine. It's in a church. I don't know why they even showed us that. Yeah. Other than for like everyone to make like peaceful eye contact with each other. Yeah. Yeah. For him to like look at Jules walking down the aisle one way and then look at his bride walking down a different way. In which you're mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, he clearly loves his bride. Yeah. Which is why he's marrying her and he's not with the other woman. Yeah. But and also- then they get to the reception and Jules is like, I'm the maid of honor, so I have to make a toast. Why is she still maid of honor? I don't know. Um, and then she like has the two cousins sing her song with Dermot Mulroney. And then she's like, I'll let you borrow this one, which is another example of her just fucking making everything about her relationship with him. That's yeah. not what this is about. No, no, not at all. She's like, I had a dream that someone, some monster tried to break you up. <laughs> it's like, you don't, you don't get to make jokes. This shit happened two yeah. hours ago. <laughs> also, he didn't, you did not like equivocate yourself to a monster. You are the pus. Of the fungus. Yes. <laughs> like, you're really low. Very low. And, like, the fact that he even still talks to her, like, why did she even go to this wedding? She should not have gone. Like, her family should have just been like, oh, sorry, she's really sick. Like, she's got the shits. She's not coming. <laughs> like, not at all. So, I don't know. But anyway, it's, you know, rom-com playing out. Yeah, and then- you, gotta, you gotta put on your romantic comedy glosses. Yeah, which you I do. have done I for the will. last. <laughs> well, that's no, that like, like I, not me. No, I understand. Like, if I had watched this movie in 2018, after learning everything that I've learned in my life so far, I would be like, "This movie is trash." But <laughs> um, it holds a special place in my heart. It does. I I think that that's fair. Yeah. I just, in case you guys couldn't tell, how upset oh my, no, I the, was. The, I wish I could like have been taking just screenshots this entire time just to like of Natty's face. Yeah. Just like the story the faces tell it's so much more than what we've already said. It's true. <laughs> and also I, I've been doing research because I Say a Little pl- Prayer was originally sung by Dion uh, Warwick. Oh. So I don't know the truth anymore. But it also wasn't – I mean, it would, they were, like, two years apart where they released a singles of the same song, but – because the, the song at the beginning is also a Warwick song. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, if, so this movie didn't have, like, terrible music. No, it the was music just was, like, it was constantly being sung by, like, the people that it shouldn't have been sung by. <laughs> yeah, it's just, like, 
I want the real artists to be singing the song. And also, like, when the yeah. songs are being, it's just, like, terrible things are happening. Like, when they're yeah. on the boat uh, on the river in Chicago and she, like, misses her moment to, like, tell him how she feels. And it's just, like, why are you slow dancing two days before your wedding? You're an emotionally defunct person. Yeah, like, you're in Let an emotional go. relationship with this person. Not okay. No. And that's like, not okay. You don't know how to talk to him about your feelings. So, like, you don't win. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, you lose by default. You could have said this a long time ago, and then you would have been walking down the aisle. Not this other girl. So, that's bad on you. Like, you let that ship sail. Just like you let the moment pass time and time again. Yeah, it's like, that was your moment. Yeah. Actually, you and shouldn't have a moment. Just like, he already decided to marry someone. <laughs> yeah, he called it out, though. He's like, you know, who was it? Like, my dad always said, you gotta, you know, tell, you gotta say your piece and, you know, Live your. I don't know what he said. (laughs) (laughs) I was really invested. I really wanted to. Yeah, like, what did he say? I don't know what he said. I can tell you what Paul Giamatti said. He told Julia Roberts while she sat in this hallway, letting her best friend make the worst decision of his life in her hotel room. He said to her, "My grandma always told me this too shall pass." And then you're just like, oh, that was so sweet. Like she's Run like, no way with Paul Giamatti. Yeah, like, be, be yeah. better. I don't know. Just be better. Okay. So are there any other last thoughts on this film? Yes. Last thoughts. Last scene of the film. Michael and Kim go on their honeymoon and she's left at the wedding reception by herself in her lavender dress. She gets a phone call on her cell phone uh from her BFF George yeah and he like does the most sweet and wonderful thing where he like shows up at this reception and he calls her and is like I can just see you there in your lavender dress drumming your fingers on the table and then he basically like chides her into finding him and he's there and he gets a dance with her and he's like just for a night like I'm here to make you feel better which like is a, just is the a best solid, friend. yeah, solid so BFF great. move, like really solid. That's why I left my last note is everybody yeah. needs a George in their life because yes. you need he to flew to Chicago like twice in a span of four days. <laughs> he pretended to be your fiance when he's very gay. Man, the nineties. Well, I'm glad that you put a positive spin on that, Jen, because I like my thought coming away from that was George's husband must hate Julia Roberts. <laughs> This is also true because she is legitimately like a horrible person and George is too nice, but there you have it. Yeah. No, it it was excellent. Oh, do we have a degrees of separation from Ben Affleck? Oh my God. Yes, I feel like, okay, so Julia Roberts was in any of the Oceans movies except for Oceans 8. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like the easiest, and with Matt Damon, Matt Damon was in Goodwill Hunting with oh, Ben Affleck. That's true. It's a okay, really yeah, so that was really fast. I was actually wondering if like Julia Roberts and Ben Affleck have worked together, but I couldn't think of anything. So if anyone knows, mm. let us know. But I think our connection is Matt Damon at this point, among uh, like probably a lot of people because it's Julia Roberts and Ben Affleck. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Also, on a scale of Ben Affleck to Mark Ruffalo, Dermot Mulroney in this movie was, like, firmly Ben Affleck. 
<laughs> yeah, like I mean, I'm but, so upset. Looking like a Mark Ruffalo. Oh, I mean, looking like saying. better than either. He was so handsome. He's in this. very handsome. Like, the Ruffalo appeal is that he's like a normal, like everyday guy. Dermot is a movie star. Like yes. he has the jaw of a movie star. Like, yeah. and he has to have that like tiny little scar on his face so that like he's not perfect. Yeah, because I you think know. without it, I would just be like, well, like I can't look at you. Because you want to know the story behind that scar. Yeah, it's it true. draws you really in. Really do. <laughs> okay, everyone. So this has been May I Speak to Pizza. I'm one of your hosts, Natalie Levy Costa. You can follow me at N R L S E E on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, I'm sorry. On Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Nobody uses Facebook anymore. <laughs> um, I'm Jen Schaefer. You can follow me at Yo, it's Jen on Instagram, which is the primary thing that I use just to look at pictures for a long period of time. I don't use Twitter, but if you want to follow me there, sure. And I am Alba Towers. You can follow me at Alba Towers on Instagram. And then you can just follow us at We Speak to Pizza on Twitter. Yeah, that's um, a better one. Because I feel like that's the actually the twitter account that i have on my twitter app so yeah. i'm also that. more yeah. brazen and though we speak to pizza twitter yeah I like oh. have real opinions and thoughts it's <laughs> like my other twitter account has been used to like maybe win some raffles on twitter like, <laughs> every now and again <laughs> Yeah, so please feel free to follow us and um, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever podcast app you're using. We would love to hear from you guys. Feel free to reach out to us. All hail the patron saint of this podcast, Liz Lemon, who has said, living a lie will eat you up inside like that parasite I got from eating sushi on Amtrak. Word. Word.